WKNC 88.1, you are now joining us for the second official segment of Carolina Grown. Uh, we are in the studio right now with Magpie Feast. They are our local artist of the month for December, and I'm really, really excited to have everyone here in the studio. Um, we here at WKNC have been listening to Magpie Feast, Feast for a little bit now, um, so I'm glad we can finally have you in the studio to talk about this because there is a lot that I would like to talk about. <laughs> so um, if you would like to go around and introduce yourself to all of the folks out there in Radio Land. Uh, my name's Matt. I play guitar with the group and sing. My name's Kat. I play violin and viola. My name's Jeff. I'm banging out some rhythm on the drums. Chris on bass. Awesome. And I was just talking uh, during what you guys were listening to, um, which was uh, Magpie Feast's song, A Fire, which is the uh, lead track off of the latest album that came out uh, about a month or so ago, I believe at this point, um, called Out of the Womb, which is, as we were talking about, is a noticeably higher quality of recording. There was a very lo-fi aesthetic to the band before this. And you mentioned that a lot of it is due to this is your first time playing around with these people. Um, what what changed the the process for this? Right. Uh, yeah. Before this, I would say it was uh, unintentionally lo-fi stuff. You know, just um, kind of doing whatever I could to get songs together and record them. You know, you hear certain sounds. Wow, like a violin would sound great here, but I don't have a violin. Right. And, uh, you know do some backwards mandolin part or whatever but uh yeah so it, i've been looking for uh, other people to play with for a while and uh about let's see last winter probably um finally got these guys together and started working on this stuff so awesome and uh how did how did everyone come together uh jeff and i have been friends for a long time um he's been in other bands with me um, doing doing various things um, and these guys, you know, just found through putting out uh, Craigslist ads, awesome. which is which is a very precarious thing. You know, you get a lot of really really strange folks who respond to that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it worked out really well with these guys. A lot of people interested in playing like Black Sabbath covers and right, stuff. I'd imagine. Right. It's, yeah, it's kind of like you know, you get one out of a hundred. That's that's gonna work out exactly. Taste you well. Obviously, something worked out here because the uh, the latest album is fantastic. Uh, we've been playing it quite a bit over here. Um, and, uh, you mentioned, you know, you've been in, involved with previous projects. Um, what's, what's some of the, the music like that you have been making before Magpie Feast? Was it all kind of like following the sort of like bluesy Americana, like folk rock thing? Right. Uh, our, probably our most prominent other band, uh, Jeff and I are from Michigan. Um, I moved down here in 2010, but we were in a band back there that was, it was definitely very bluesy, but much more, uh, aggressive rock type of stuff. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. It was a little, little less listenable. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and Jeff sang in that band. Um, not well, but yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, I don't think, I, I think Magpie Feast started, started forming kind of as that band was disintegrating. Um, my, my tastes were changing a bit and I was really getting into folk music a lot and, uh, Ended up doing a lot more acoustic-based stuff. It was around the time I started like learning how to record and record myself. So that just it just kind of developed from there. So what uh, musically? What was it that you were listening to that made it change from like an aggressive blues rock type thing into this sort of 
bluesy folk kind of combination. When we were in Grand Rapids, Matt and I, uh, we had tossed around some ideas with some other musicians, and that those ideas were very folky, very bluesy, but then it just kind of evolved into this more aggressive blues rock. So I think we've always had that, and Matt definitely has always had that interest in that kind of music. So Yeah, yeah. Before that, that band, um, yeah, we did have like a folk project we were kind of working on, and it, it just kind of uh, progressed into an electric band. But around that time, I guess Magpie Feast really started around 2008, 2009. Um, I was getting really heavy into like old field recordings and Alan Lomax stuff and, uh, you know, a lot of old kind of ragtime guitar pickers, uh, Elizabeth Cotton. Um, Yeah, just getting into a lot of that stuff as long, along with more contemporary stuff, you know, some of the freak folk stuff with Devender Bandhart. Right. I definitely, I definitely feel a lot of the Devender Bandhart influence within it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Which is awesome because it's such a, like the freak folk, psych folk thing that goes on. You don't, there's not a whole lot of the blues in there, but there's a lot of his own sort of traditional elements because of course he has like a Spanish background and so on and so forth. Right, Right. So it's, it's like, this is almost like a. A, it's not Southern American because you guys obviously haven't been, you know, like in the South for a super long time. Right. But it it follows that traditional like American American aesthetic, which is really interesting to see it both kind of bleed through with this. Um, so speaking of like the the difference between like I guess Michigan and North Carolina, what sparked the move to North Carolina? Uh, Michigan's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, graduating college and just kind of figuring out, you know, where where you want to live real life and uh you know weather was a big part of it but the, having the mountains um and the ocean close was big for me right it's like you, you that's one of the things i love about north carolina is if you go far enough west you're gonna get a totally different aesthetic than you would if you drive super far out east it's right, like right. the best of both worlds here it's awesome not to like toot our own horn or anything but <laughs> it's great um how how have you seen yourself fitting into this local scene because it's simultaneously something that really stands out amongst the even the triangle music scene because there's not a whole lot of people that are doing something like this. There's there's similar styles, but there's no one that I could immediately be like, yeah, they sound like this local band, which I feel like a lot can be because, you know, it's kind of like one of those transplant local bands, sort of like how Megaphone was when they came here from Wisconsin. Um, there's something that vibes, though, and it's definitely clear that you guys fit in perfectly here. But how have you seen that relationship with the scene evolving? Right. Well, first off, I there's a ton of local bands that I, I, I've seen live and really like. But, yeah, I agree that um, we don't seem to, like, fit any kind of niche that's going on. Um, and I think that just has to do with um, me, me personally. Uh, writing songs and stuff has been, like, almost in, like, a bubble, like, isolated, you know. Um, a lot of just, like... Uh, finding different types of music and not necessarily having that influence by, you know, local people around or whatever, but uh, just kind of, you know, coming up with a collection from all over and definitely a ton of, like, old recordings. Right. have been part of that, and that's that's probably, I'd say, the biggest uh, difference between some of my friends who are local musicians um, is that, I, you know, I have this crazy, weird collection of, you know, old archaic folk, folk music. That's been really influential for me. Which it, I think it definitely starts to 
to bleed through a lot more once it's not I know it was it wasn't like purposefully lo-fi before it's kind of out of necessity but once you have like a higher fidelity of your recordings a lot more of the like nuances are starting to come out like and you know adding the violin slash viola parts it's there's a lot more depth within these songs and that's not to say of course that the other ones were flat or not dynamic but there's it's a lot more to kind of get immersed in and it's been really exciting to watch you know it's it's awesome to get to see a band actually evolve like you can have oh yeah they changed their sound a little bit but like you can you can actually hear it it's really cool to see that um and i know i'm going to be very excited to see when you guys do some live stuff i've not gotten the chance to to see that yet so i'm really excited uh we were talking about uh you guys played at slims last month you got a show coming up uh, towards the end of this month at slims as well with cassio mio and layaway on the 30th um and you guys will also be performing some live stuff in studio uh, you guys geared up for that? Is that a uh, something we can jump into? Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, uh, we are getting ready to hear a little bit of music uh, from a band called Mandolin Orange, another one of the local folk standouts. And after that, we are going to get some music in the studio here from Magpie Feast. Um, as we mentioned, they are our local artist of the month for December, closing out 2013. Uh, really, really excited to talk a bit more with these folks about some of the music that they have been putting out, but you guys are getting ready to listen to Morphine Girl from Mandolin Orange right now. And after that, we got some live music for you, so stay tuned. WKNC 88.1, you guys were just listening to Morphine Girl from Mandolin Orange. Right now, you're going to hear some live music in the studio from Magpie Feast. Um, they are going to play a stripped down sort of stripped down rendition of the title track from that latest album that came out uh, last month. Uh, this is called Out of the Womb, and it is from Magpie Feast, our local artist of the month for December.
WKNC 88.1. Uh, before that brief break, you guys were listening to some live music from Magpie Feast, and we are going to waste no time in jumping right back into that uh, so we can try and fit in as much as possible throughout the rest of the hour. Um, so you guys are getting ready to hear a live take on Somewhere a Knife, which is also from that new album, Out of the Womb, came out last month. And without any further ado, this is Magpie Feast. You guys are just listening to some live music from Magpie Feast. Uh, as I, we have been mentioning already, uh, they are the local artist of the month for December. Uh, so 
I'm very, very, very glad that they have gotten to come into the studio. Um, we still have about a little over 10 minutes left uh, to sit here and chat with you guys. Um, so first off, um, one of the things that I am uh, very interested in finding out a little bit more about is uh, the fact that, you know, uh, nowadays, you know, the industry is very digitally based. And uh, one of the first things when uh, Adam Kincaid actually told me about Magpie Feast is I mean, was like, cool, I'm going to check them out on Facebook. And there's there's like a lack of a, of a social media presence. What's the uh, what's the theory behind this? You just don't want to don't want to get into it. Yeah, I'm. I tend to be uh, slightly luddite. Um, and, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for, you know, bands that are uh, have a little bit of mystery. You know, it's so easy for most bands, or most artists, or anybody in general, um, to you be able to find anything about them at at any moment. Right. And you know, at the time, I was just you know making uh, one-off little EPs and just just recording all the songs I was making and uh, uh, sending them out a few places. Um, but yeah, I'm usually uh, slightly inept at uh, social media <laughs> stuff, so I just stayed away Very from inept. it. Not slight. <laughs> Very inept. Yeah, and it's like you said, you know, like it adds a bit of mystery to it, and it's nice to not for for a change. You know, a lot of the times, you know, people put out music and it's in your face it's there and you're hearing about it all the time and it's it's nice to be able to kind of look out for bands now and when you get the chance to do that you know it's like there's something that becomes really special about it because it's one of the things that i know a lot of people probably really enjoy is you know like having that one band where they're just like yeah, i know about this i'm just gonna like curl up in my house and like listen to this and this is my band man but that, that's kind of how i felt about magpie fees for a little bit you know because like there's you can talk about it to a lot of people, and once they hear it, it's immediately like, oh, this is awesome. Why don't more people know about this? And it's it's not something you get a lot. And it's a different approach, but it's a very unique and awesome approach because it's it shows that there's a lot a more thought process behind what you guys are doing. I think, too, we're working on our craft a lot because, I mean, myself include my, or myself, I just learned how to play drums. So I'm still learning. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's things like that. We're working on our sound and working on lyrics and trying to get everything together, my, Matt and myself, so that when Chris and Kat came on, it was a full band. Right. And we didn't have a lot of, you know, a lot of lag time before we started playing shows and getting albums out and doing that kind of thing. So there was some self-seclusion. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is what is the writing process like for a typical Magpie Feast song? Oh, that's a good question because it's always, it's always a little bit different. Um I'm pretty methodic, methodical about like cataloging every little possible idea that you could have, whether it's like, you know, saying something into your phone or like I'm always taking this little cassette recorder around, you know, to practices or like at home, and, you know, every month that gets filled up and I just put it on the computer and that's like something, some of my homework, you know, I'll go through that and like try to yeah. weed, weed through things. So usually I'll come up with um, like the bare bones of something. Or sometimes I'll just have, like, a couple chords and, you know, we'd be goofing around with the debt practice. And, uh, some you know, sometimes I'll come with something fully fleshed. Sometimes it'll be nothing more than, like, a chord or two, and these guys will just flesh it out. Um, and it's been definitely evolving a lot since they've come on because, you know, their influences and uh, their participation is, is really changing. Right. The, the sound of everything. And I know you mentioned, you know, you were – interested in you know field recordings and older folk stuff uh so you walk around with this 
cassette recorder, basically. Have you got any plans to start sort of implementing some sort of field recordings? Have you already meshed them into Magpie Feast and I just haven't, like, found it nestled in there? Like, uh, what? Oh, yeah. Uh, probably more so with some, some earlier stuff that uh, you, you guys probably don't have. But, I, I mean, I can remember being a little bit obsessed with the old cassette recorder and just seemed to impart like kind of a magic on anything you put through it. Right. Like I would, you know, I would record ideas through that and like really like it and never be able to really achieve that again with like, you know, more expensive recording equipment. Right. But you know, in the past I've done things like having just the sound of like a rewinding tape as like a texture or something on a, yeah. you know, on a song or uh, I'm trying to think if there's been any like actual samples from like uh, set recordings probably as, at some point. Right. Yeah, so uh, I was talking with a guy um, at uh, the place I interned at, a video production place earlier, and he was talking a lot about, you know, like the field recording aspect of things and how I believe he was saying, you know, like he put like a spatula inside of a pot and shook it around and boom, you have like a garage door closing. So it's it's always interesting to see people implement, you know, like kind of different sort of things other than just, you know, like sampling a song or sampling like an instrument around your house. It, it really opens up your music to a lot of different areas and when it's it's not used as much within genres like this you know like the more traditional rootsy genres or at least currently so it's always really interesting to hear these interesting textures and it kind of just breathes a new life into the music and uh so it's clear that you're really interested in exploring a lot of the textures and uh I'm interested to know also, you know, what, what kind of influences are coming from these other band members that you have added on? Um, how does that pull your music in different directions? I mean, I write my own parts for the most part, so I guess it brings a different texture of, like, how I envision music, and whereas Matt, I mean, we see things similar, like, very similarly. However, it's like we have a different take on music and the progression of what we do. Yeah, for so long I was used to, you know, um, coming up with every part and, you know, having that be part of part of my process. But, like, it's been so great being like, all right, what do you think here? And these guys always come up with great parts. And it's like something I would ne- would have never thought of. Right. Like, wow. You know, it's been too long just doing this by myself. Yeah, you don't have that dialogue going. Right. Exactly. But once, once you have it, you get the ideas that you would have been like, yeah, well, now that they want to go there, I want to take this here and – from where they went here and deviate it's 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 always awesome to see someone go from doing it all themselves to like fleshing it out and getting to hear the way that one individual or a handful of individuals can you know, like impact the music that is made it's always something that's been really fascinating to me um and uh, how how would you say that you have seen the music within magpie feast grow since it was just it seems like you in like a bedroom, so to speak, just you know, like making folk rock. Right. Uh, I I'd say it's gotten a lot more listenable. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I guess a few years back, I was really more obsessed with like doing, following every you know crazy experimental idea I might have, um, and just getting it all out. Um, and you I know, believe I believe you started an EP a week for four weeks. Oh wow! Yeah, right. Probably, yeah. Probably some of those first ones you had. I was, I was on a little project <laughs> I was doing where I forced myself to like write and record a little EP, and just be done with it at the end of the week, no matter what. And right. That, that's definitely that the, seems like a task. Where the lo-fi comes from. Yeah. Because uh, you only do so much. But exactly. I, yeah, I feel like I've uh, 
I've tried to make things um, a little more catchy, a little more, a little more beat oriented. Um, Dancy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of the things I I am very intrigued to check out um, once I get the chance to see a physical live show is the setup that you guys go with. Um, do you stick to, you know, like acoustically based or is there more electric stuff thrown in? How do you guys approach a live show? Yeah, uh, it's it's more of an electric setup. Um, uh, electric bass, electric guitar. Cat um, plays, you know, an amplified viola or electric violin. So more of a kind of standard uh, electric rock band. Right. Setup. Awesome. Well, it's, it's going to be really exciting to check out. Like I said, I know uh, I mentioned earlier that they're going to be playing on December 30th at Slim's with uh, Casio, Mio, Mio, and Layaway. And uh, we were talking a bit as well that they have some other pretty exciting stuff coming up in the future. So really, really stoked to get to see some of these live performances because I love Magpie Feast. I'm not going to code it. <laughs> like It's awesome. Yeah, we appreciate I that. really look forward to checking out more music uh, from Magpie Feast because it seems like you have quite the output. <laughs> like It's been, what, about an album a year for a while? Yeah, yeah, the last couple. Yeah, it's and that's it's exciting because I'd imagine you know now that you've got people here with you making music as well it's going to keep going how how is the the new music writing process coming along i mean you just put out an album recently um are you already moving forward yeah we've we've got some new songs um you know luckily a lot of those songs on that last album you know slowly slowly took shape over the last year so you know it gave us a lot of time to start banking other ideas as well right so yeah we definitely got some other stuff going awesome well very excited to hear some of that other stuff um we are getting ready to play a track from lonelands with another reason uh they are one of our older artists of the month throughout the year and then we will come back with a little bit more live music from magpie feast just to close out our artist of the month segment um as i've mentioned i've been here with magpie feast throughout the past hour uh they are december artist of the month and you're going to get to hear a little bit more live music from them right after this track from lonelands so you're listening to it on carolina grown wknc 88.1 you guys were just listening to lonelands that was with another reason from their awesome debut ep that came out earlier this year Right now, we're going to be closing out the last Carolina Grown of the year. It has come by pretty quickly, but I'm glad to be closing it out here with the folks in Magpie Feast. Uh, They're going to be playing a early, early track uh, from the band's history. It is a track called John P. Maddox. They're playing it right here in the studio, closing out their Artist of the Month segment. Uh, you will be able to find this online next week on our blog. Uh, we will be plugging it all over our social media, so while Magpie Feast doesn't cover all that, we will we will certainly take care of it. Uh, but really excited to have these guys in, and thanks so much to everyone that's been listening, and thanks so much to Magpie Feast. You guys are about to listen to John P. Maddox right here in the studio at WKNC 88.1.
bem 